Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, the household appliances evolution, we explore the intersection between real estate and the appliances that have modernized home living. Room by room, we'll discuss the impact that these devices have had on our everyday lives. And with that, Alex, please take us out. You know what? Let's start talking about the kitchen, right? The kitchen is the focal point of the modern home. Its engineering has evolved over the last several thousand years from hobbled together wash basins to finely engineered, perfectly styled hardware. You know, arguably, though, a kitchen isn't a kitchen if it isn't filled with appliances. Right now, today's kitchens have changed from you know even just twenty years ago. It seems like now we have an appliance for pretty much everything, from deshelling hard-boiled eggs to mincing garlic. Uh, I mean, they're 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 the center point of innovation in R and D uh, in pretty much everyone's homes. I mean, if you think about all of the things in a kitchen that have changed our lives uh, for the better uh, within the past century, right? You got the the refrigerator. Uh, you got the coffee maker, because I love coffee. Uh, you've got the blender, the juicer, the toaster, the kettle, the dishwasher, the stove. Don't forget about the microwave, the freezer. I'll tell you ice. what you need. You need some counter space. Is what you need. <laughs> this is indeed true. I mean, you can't really, you can't really have all these appliances in, in you know, in a four hundred square foot studio. But even a dishwasher, for, for that matter, not everyone has a dishwasher, garbage disposal, trash compactors, blenders, toasters, I mean, you name it. I think there's a ton of stuff uh, in our kitchens that have made our lives significantly better, but are also perhaps not necessary. If you took a person from the 1950s and transported them to a home and today, their head would blow up with all the appliances and all the, all the gizmos that we have to make our life easier and quicker and all the things that are done for us that we used to have to do ourselves. I remember when I was a kid, about 11 years old, and I'd come home from elementary school, my brother and sister were younger than me, and I basically, I, I was allowed to use the can opener and the refrigerator, and we'd make soup and peanut butter sandwiches, Campbell's soup, right? And then when I grew up in Brazil, we had no dishwasher so my whole life the kids always did the dishes after the after the big meal we had we had maids and and, and servants and stuff if, if you if you could afford that in those days but the point is is that usually we did our own dishes and when I came back to the United States to Canada uh, at the age of 17 18 to a dishwasher and a garbage disposal it was like I'd been beamed up to the enterprise <laughs> well, speaking about uh, can openers, I mean, I, I, you give me a can opener, I would open everything. <laughs> like that's the last thing. But like, like they were like, why are, are like ten cans of beans or uh, uh, tuna fish open on the countertop? Just because I would go crazy, but uh, not because I wanted the food, but because I wanted to just use the appliance. I mean, in some cases, the appliance were the most interesting thing as a kid uh, in the house. I mean, you know, uh, you know, like the blenders, for example. I mean, these things could kill you, but they were cool. Yeah, exactly. I think I think you have to have rules around the house because young kids can get into a lot of trouble with all these moving parts. I mean, you know, it's it's funny because even today, I mean, how long have we been living with microwaves? I am petrified of putting a metal in a microwave. Right? I have no idea 
what will actually happen, but I feel like the world will implode if I do that. And so I think we've, we, you know, with a new appliance has, has introduced a new level of risk, obviously, but also a new level of education for people on how to use them, but also has changed the way that we interact with the kitchens. I mean, there's an earlier guest that we had on a while back um, that was a restaurateur was talking about the dance of, of danger uh, in a, a restaurant kitchen and the knives and the fire and the heat. And I think today we've got the heat, we've got the cold, we've got all blenders, we've got sharp objects coming at us in different directions. And I wonder if that's actually uh, made things better or perhaps worse. I think it's a bit of a dichotomy. I mean, on the one hand, you also have these new electronic stoves where you can put your hand down and you don't feel the heat and only the, the pot gets the heat. So it's much safer for young kids who are putting their hands everywhere. I, I mean, there's a lot of devices now where if it feels something funny, it stops automatically. The motor stops before the blade can make the full circle uh, to keep people from getting cut. So I think, I think uh, on the one hand, more complicated devices is always dangerous. But on the other hand, I think in today's society, we try to view the safety aspect very in, in a very important way. Certainly, government uses uh, uh, tries to impose laws that make these devices as safe as possible. I don't know how you get around the microwave with <laughs> with metal in it. I think you'd have to hear a big boom, and it's the last thing you'd ever hear <laughs> if you put your pan in there. I so mean, let's not let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, so these are some things that are just technologically way more advanced than than. My, um, than my intellect can, 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 can grapple in terms of how microwaves actually work. I mean, I'm kind of, I mean, this, is, this is amazing. It's magic to me. But, you know, there's, there's, that's complex microwave technology. And then there's the refrigerator, right? And I just think about how um, much the refrigerator changed, not only our lives, but like civilization, right? And there was a point where people were, uh, meat, you know, it was getting bad, it was spoiling, people were getting disease, and, and sort of the refrigerators have sort of changed all of that. Uh, kept food cold, it kept medicines at the right temperatures, but then the technology then just started going pretty much nuts. I mean, today you can get a refrigerator that crisps lettuce crisper than other refrigerators, keeps potatoes drier than other refrigerators that tells you when you're out of milk. You pull water and ice out of the out of the front door. You don't even have to open it up anymore to get water or ice or crushed ice or ice cubes or cold water or warm water. It's 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 amazing, really. But it, what's interesting is with all these devices, we're spending less time in the kitchen, not more. We're ordering out more and cooking less, not more. You'd think all these devices would make us run into the kitchen to try to use them and enjoy them. Well, you know, it's funny as you mentioned that because I feel like kitchens over the centuries perhaps have gotten smaller, right? I mean, I think, you know, there was a, there was a point in time where the entire kitchen was the oven. <laughs> it was this, it was this brick thing. And then you put your, you know, you put your bread, you put your roast pigs, you know, so you slid it into roast this. If you're Jewish, you put something else in, but right. that's not the point. <laughs> in, into this big fire and then you waited whatever the period of time and then it came out and then everyone would would uh you know would sit around this or close enough to this to this this beast and so the, you know ultimately as people move from palaces or shacks or over to, to, to apartments uh the kitchen has actually gotten smaller so the need to compartmentalize um utility has has actually changed and, and become a requirement and so to your point 
um, microwaves, but not only did it save time to heat up a piece of uh, <laughs> a piece of chicken, <laughs> it also because that's because that's what we need in life. It also saved it saved space, and I think that combination I think was a really important uh, pivot uh, for the importance of of appliances for for uh, for for us for society. And the funny thing is, is that even with that movement. Whenever you go to a party to somebody's house, where does everybody congregate around? They're all standing around the kitchen, getting a drink, standing near. If the kitchen has like an open kitchen with like a bar area, everyone's standing there. Somehow it's, 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 it's appropriate that you started with the kitchen because that is still the center of the house in so many ways. I'd like to pivot a little bit um, uh, and look into, let's, let's go into the bedroom, for example, and let's see what, what's changed in the bedroom. The first thing I would say is TV. <laughs> having a TV in the bedroom. That's very right. No, no one ever had it. Still, a lot of people still, uh, that's a very polarizing thing. I've talked to people who refuse to have a TV in the bedroom. I love having a TV in the bedroom. I don't watch it that often, but to know that I can when I want to lie in bed and turn it on or if I'm not feeling well, that's a huge perk. That's a huge device. I, I'm, I'm on the other camp of that. I, I, I don't, I believe that having televisions in the bedroom is like the worst thing ever. Um, I believe that the bedroom and the bed is for sleeping uh and then the living room is for entertaining and you can't and you can't do both and if you sit in tv in bed watching tv uh you your your sleep uh suffers as a result it's like a it's like a correlation between using a room for one thing versus the other a right, compartmentalization I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. We, uh, we, there you go. So all the listeners, you, you, you can hear, you've heard both sides of the story. You decide what you like best. We can't forget about the other appliances that are in bedrooms, like the bed. I mean, in some cases, the bed is not seen as an appliance, but it depends on who you are. I mean, nowadays, the bed it moves, it shakes, it vibrates, it, move, it, it, it elevates. And in and of itself, it is a mechanism and device, a piece of technology that betters your life because it, you know, it gives you better sleep. It, it could change based on your preferences versus the, the other person that's in, the, it's in the, the, bedroom, the bed with you. So I feel like a bed, in, in a lot of ways, is its own appliance. Not only that, I think we've come a long way in terms of the materials and the type of cushioning and the type of firmness. And like you said, you have beds where you can dial in the firmness on one side of the bed different from the other so that each person can have the exact firmness that they want. You know, you've got, they're like hospital beds now. They move up, they move down, you can lean up, which is so great for watching TV in bed when you can lean up the back. But I digress. <laughs> the point being, yes, I think the bed has come a long way. Um, I do want to also mention a small device that has really made a big difference in our lives, and that's the alarm clock I, I, <laughs> for those I, of us who still have one. I, I thought you were going to say the vibrator, but that's all. <laughs> <laughs> that's for another episode <laughs> okay kids hang up now <laughs> well you know look it's funny that you know i wonder how many people still actually have an alarm clock in their bedroom as opposed to putting a phone uh you know next to their bed right and the phone has become sort of this new hybrid um utility that is in and of itself it's an appliance for life that allows us to do things i mean when i look at the definition of appliance is basically a device or a piece of equipment designed to perform a specific task typically a domestic one <laughs> so i so a lot of things fall into that category necessarily but you know i think the phone has it in just you know actually if you, if you go back you think about the, the old alarm clocks where it would just ring and then you'd hit it and that's your snooze it might have a radio on it you know it, that would be the, the the ultimate if you had a sony radio alarm clock 
oh my god what what is a radio i haven't <laughs> i think it's called a podcast now. There, 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 there you go stay tuned for the next podcast real estate All what right, about so mirrors on the ceiling is that a device or is that to, is, is that just decoration well actually it's funny you should mention that it, on the wall perhaps on the ceiling uh, <laughs> the servants, <laughs> servants unique purpose asking for a friend yeah, <laughs> So, so the good news, though, I think you know today, or like maybe maybe five years ago, the the mirror wouldn't have been an appliance, but today it, it actually very much is because now you you know it, you can work out. Like there's a company is called Tonal, right? We talked about that in a previous episode. That actually becomes a companion for you to work out because within the mirror is technology that enables you to do you know certain things. So in fact, you're right that that isn't that is an appliance. I you know I think about um, humidifiers. I mean, most people put humidifiers in their bedroom. Um, if you're if you're a New Yorker and you deal with gas heat, it's very drying, has that effect. So people have to, you, know, you go to the best buys in the area and then there's just tons of sales on humidifiers in, in the colder months. At the same time, <laughs> it's also heaters, <laughs> space heaters at the same time. Do you have, have you used humidifiers in apartments in Manhattan? Uh, uh, exclusively. I mean, I yeah, can't. So, so, so have I. So here's the question. Are you the type that would religiously clean the tank every week or every two weeks? Or are you the type that would throw the device out and just buy a new one every two months? I'm the type that actually starts coughing and wonders why I'm getting Legionnaire's disease. From, from <laughs> <laughs> is it supposed to be cloudy in the apartment? <laughs> I'm coughing blood. Is that cool? Is that like I got rainforest growing here <laughs> now. <laughs> I mean, speaking, my, of, speaking of cultivating, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, spices in the home. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bad, I'm the bad example for for what to for how to use and to take care of a humidifier. That's yeah, sure. I was the worst. I basically I got to the point where I would just go and I would just spend the money and buy a new one every month for the three or four months you needed it. I just buy a new one and I never cleaned the friggin' thing. It was a disaster. It was bad enough. You take the big can, the big plastic thing, and you got to put it under the sink in the kitchen. And then you got to carry 82 pounds of water to the bedroom and try to slide it back into the thing without breaking it. There's an appliance that needs to be modernized, the humidifier. You, you know, it's funny because it's like, you know, certain types of appliances and things in the home and, and particularly in the kitchen um, that have these labels, these, these care and use labels and warning labels about, about how to use the product often scare me, right? I mean, you think about humidifiers and saying, well, you know, you got to clean the humidifier and the filter once every month. And it's like, well, okay, what if you don't? Like what, what happens? Like, do you like literally, is there other live spores flying around your apartment? If you, there's the, the, the kitchen, the average kitchen sponge. So, you know, change your sponge uh, every month um, and but, a, but if you don't, then what happens? There are spores living in the sponge, which most people don't, right? Most people, most people use appliances until they break, um, and but they don't use appliances um, in with within the guidelines of the manufacturer's recommended use. Let's be honest. Very few of us ever read all those. And once you get past the, that's why they even have, even with a booklet of instructions, they even include a one page quick start instruction because they know no one's reading the booklet, but they got to give you some information on how to turn the device Le on. Legally, legally. <laughs> exactly. All right, we told them, we told them, but uh, yeah, we gave them the book. <clears throat> you can take a horse to water, but you can't make him put his trunks on. Speaking of which, small little safety tip there, 
put your sponge in your dishwasher when you run your dishwasher and it'll disinfect your sponge before you use it again for that the next few days in the kitchen. Safety tip. Can you do that with a toothbrush? Does that still work? <laughs> Don't do it while you're brushing. <laughs> before we continue with the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work towards goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one -on -one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom weight users finished the program, and more than 60% of users that engaged with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M, dot com slash believe. B-L-E-A-V. Speaking of toothbrush, let's move our way, our way into the bathroom, and the first device that I have to talk about is the bidet. Where are we on the bidet? The, the what? <laughs> exactly. That funny looking toilet that the hole doesn't look big enough to flush. And why is water sprouting out like a fountain? And that's why it's French. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to our French listeners, but can all six of them. <laughs> can someone explain <laughs> what this is? I got to tell you, the first time I, t I tried to figure out what it was, I splashed myself in the face with the water because you're looking over it and you're leaning over and you turn on the water thinking the water's going to go down the drain and it comes shooting up. But I got to tell you, I love it. There's no cleaner feeling in the world than after you use a bidet. You, you just Once you've started using a bidet, nothing else matches. And I'm not even talking about the Japanese unbelievable super toilets where you sit there and hot air goes by to dry you and all that stuff. I'm just talking about the basic bidet that you're starting to find more and more in the United States as you do in Europe and in South America. So this is more than just like a shower, right? I mean, I, I have to admit, I have never really used a bidet. And I'm not really sure on the process for how one engages that appliance is it like a one two thing it's like okay you you do number two and then that's day's number three I mean, what is you do number two and, <laughs> and and then you hop skip and jump over to the bidet I mean, hopefully without anything falling out and uh, you just clean yourself up i mean i i have trouble you know when i run out of toilet paper hey you know go going from the toilet to like the to the to the the cabin shower <laughs> go, i'm in the shower i mean it must i'd like to go first <laughs> i mean it must require an enormous amount of dexterity and uh and uh, uh coordination in order to be able to get that going yeah, I've, I've got the I've got the, those prints on the floor where to put my feet so I know how to move <laughs> over. <laughs> put the foot right where that step here, step here. <laughs> I got to tell you though, it, it as somebody once said a very funny line. He said, "If you're not using the bidet, you're not wiping. You're just smearing. That's all you're doing." And that's basically the bidet. Now, as we move on from the bidet, let's talk, let's talk about. Another item that I'm, I'm not a fan of, but everybody loves, which is the electric toothbrush. 
I mean, who would have thought that they would modernize something as simple as a toothbrush? It's such an, it's such an ideal product, but these electric toothbrushes are even better for you. I don't like them. I don't like that vibration and I don't like that feeling of the vibration in my head. Yeah, I'm a fan of electric toothbrushes only, but I think it's like a false sense of security or false sense of no or thinking that your teeth are clean when you have one versus not, right? Because you just kind of put, kind of rub your mouth um, in the same amount of time or less than you would using a toothbrush and then you think it's clean and it's not. I think that's, I don't even know really quite honestly the difference. I, I you know, you look at these diagrams of clean of teeth and being cleaned by, by, it seems even you see these, these um, animations about teeth being cleaned. And it's like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. I still have to go get my, my to the dentist to get my teeth cleaned and it's still a pain in the butt. So I don't know that I don't really understand the benefit. And and the person cleaning your teeth still goes, geez, you got to floss more. I'm, like, I'm, I'm <laughs> flossed 15 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, pulling I, out I, chunks of stuff there. I mean, speaking about flossing, I mean, I think before the electric toothbrush came, it was the the electric water pick. Remember that? I mean, yes. it was like, like what stupidity was that about? It was like, it, it was just, it was, I feel like it was the worst idea ever. And yet now the brand new idea, according to dentists and according to doctors is wa water, high pressure water flossers now that you're actually flossing with high pressure, just like they do in the dentist, but you can do it in the home. I just can't imagine having that in the house. I, I, I imagine I'd be splattering stuff all over the counter everywhere doing yeah, something it, like that. It, no, I mean, that's the same thing as, I mean, literally that was the, that's a water pick. I mean, for, for some reason, it's kind of jumped the shark all of a sudden, and now it's became in vogue again, which I don't get because you're spraying these, this water into your mouth. And of course it's spraying everywhere else. Um, it just becomes a mess. And then at the same time, why? Like, I mean, what's, what's the, the net difference between that and just, just a piece of string? If one of these devices could eliminate the need to have the dentist clean my teeth every six months, I would be elated. But since they don't, I'm not the hugest fan of these products. Yeah, right. I mean, that's that's something that needs to be uh, be thought through is the appliances in dentist office because it's still a, a guy or a gal with a pair of pliers over your head pulling teeth out. <laughs> but speaking about speaking about appliances. Um, how about hardware that you're using to fix things in your apartment? I don't know. Is anyone, I mean, most people in New York City don't have a drill um, or a, um, or electric screwdriver or any of those appliances that most people in, in suburban households have. Yeah, I guess when you, I guess if you have a garage, that's where those things start to accumulate, right? So we can get into the garage in a second, but which which is not just for cars. Matter of fact, a lot of garages nobody puts their cars in anyway because the garage is full of all the other crap, right? <laughs> <That's true. laughs> so so you've got this brand new device you can open the door and close it without leaving your car, but you don't use it because you, your car doesn't go in the garage anyway. <laughs> because <laughs> the garage is a is your, sto is your storage room now right or and, and but getting back to your point yeah I mean, people who are do-it-yourselfers you go into their garage and they have beautiful coordinated uh, shelves with uh, and and boxes with all the tools that they need that they've accumulated over time but if you're an apartment dweller like i am and you're not very good at that kind of stuff like i am not then i carry around a little briefcase that open up and has the seven little screwdrivers and the two little uh uh pliers and and you try to use that around the house thank you, god for the you, maintenance guys so, so you own your own does anyone ever knock on your door and ask to borrow that 
<laughs> no, I've never had the pop in. <laughs> I mean, because there was some sugar to water some sugar. Yeah, right. I mean, that's a. Th- I mean, I feel like that's a thing because not everyone has appliances, and it would be the. It would be a really good communal, you know, appliance to share. Right, that's something that you everyone. That's needs. a great point. And you know, I think about you know, think about other appliances, right? I mean, I'm sure you know you mentioned sugar, but even going back to the kitchen for one second, like there was these the blender. Uh, or like the, um, the, 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 the one that, what do you call the, the blend the mixer, the electric mixer. mixer, right, right. And those, usually there's only probably one person in your building that actually has one of those. And so when you, when you, when you're thinking about, uh, you know, the idea comes into your head that you want to make sourdough bread all of a sudden, and you know, you don't, you notice you don't have a, a mixer in the apartment, then you're going around knocking on people's doors. I think there's apartment, there's, there's appliances that I think are really, really good for you. And there are appliances that are good for other people in order to share. I think that would work out well for me because I actually do have one of those electric mixers still in its box on a <laughs> shelf in the kitchen that I've never, never opened, let alone used. <laughs> I, I mean, there's, I have, there's a few appliances that I have that I haven't used. One of them, I have two. One's the one's the, actually a blender, which I'll get to in a second. But the one that I just thought about the other day is I have a slow cooker. And... I actually do not understand the concept of a slow cooker, to be honest. I feel you like- use that for sous vide? For what? Sous vide? <laughs> That's where you cook something over like a 10 hours, you cook a steak, but it comes out perfectly. I just thought that was just simmering. I mean, you know, we were like, you know, it's like, it's like, that's the thing. It's like there's there's so many different ways and uh, uh, approaches to um, to doing something that is very simple. Like, so an oven, I put a pot in an oven and I for on, on whatever 250 degrees and i leave it for eight hours i mean isn't that slow cooking isn't that just turning down the heat slow cooking like why do i need to apply when you say slow cooker don't you you mean you have also it has pressure though it's a pressure cooker right no no like that's that? no that's different pressure cooker and ah. a slow cooker is just different it, pressure uh, a slow cooker uh so the pressure cooker is is creating pressure and that pressure is in, is it has a an added effect on the on the cooking process it accelerates the cooking process uh, and then controls it with a slow cooker, it's just basically putting um, your food into a hot pot with a with uh, the, the, you know that has temperature control that plugs into a wall. You let it sit for whatever eight hours, and to me, that's another appliance that sits underneath the cabinet that never gets used. Why? Because I have a pot and an oven. Well, listen, all this stuff about pressure and cooking is way over my head anyway. I have enough trouble figuring out the salad water remover, you know, that centrifugal plastic thing we used yeah. to use. I have one of those in the closet too, where yeah. you put your salad and after you rinse it and you pull a cord and it whips it around and whips all the water out. I can, under, I can understand that technology. Yeah, it's funny because I, like this, the, the salad it still ends up being soggy. Right, I mean, the whole idea is to, to make it crisp. Well, he just doesn't. You got to do a good ten reps. <laughs> I mean, I, there's got to be. What about the dry? I was thinking about the drying of it, but there was a whole dehydration um, appliance that was once big when people were eating raw and they were dehydrating everything. That? Was that also they were all I mean, t- taking fruit and vegetables and turning them into snacks or something? Wasn't there a device it, for it, that it, too? It, that was a, that was a dehydrator. That was what you did. You put berries and cranberries and apricots in this thing, and it would dehydrate it. Then you'd have it for snacks because that would be the way that you get healthy. 
Is that also the same device they used to have in the in the bedroom that you could put all the all the all the winter pillows and 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 get rid of all the air and suck all the air out? Is that a dual purpose device? It sounds like the same technology to me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I think the who same. Who wants a pillow and who wants? A... <laughs> I think that that innovation was basically putting a, a vacuum cleaner uh, on a on a bag and sucking the air. <laughs> that was yeah, really in the, reverse. In yeah, reverse. right. I mean, it's funny you mentioned that because right now there's um, all these other devices that are relatively cyclical in terms of they hit the trend of the day or trend of the decade, right? Which at one point it was uh, eating raw and everyone wanted to dehydrate. Now it's uh, eating fried foods, but healthy. So there's air fryers, which I still, I mean, the, the food that comes out of an air fryer was fantastic, but is it really fried or is it just baked? <laughs> it's like, I mean, literally, I think these air fryers are actually toaster ovens just repurposed. Yeah. I don't know about that. I, <laughs> I mean, for those of those on the call of the, the 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 show that have experienced an air fryer, it's literally a cross between a microwave and a toaster, and it 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 fries and dries at the same time. It's quite of a unique uh, innovation. But I'm not quite sure how innovative it is. But the only thing I know about those is watching the late night infomercials and seeing them cook. Uh, you know, cook cook a chicken in 22 minutes and <laughs> set it and forget it and all that. Right. Stuff. Well, you remember the whole George Foreman grill, uh, like trend. I mean, that lasted you know, a couple. I, of I had one. I had one. <laughs> you used to have it in your tuna steaks. Used to make those tuna steaks. <laughs> those really dry burned out tuna steaks <laughs> another appliance that sits i mean there's got to be a graveyard of appliances someplace um in the indian ocean somewhere <laughs> as we as we destroy the environment with all of our innovation and products and appliances that no one ever uses well you're right about the graveyard of the past. The question is, what is going to the graveyard of the future look like? What devices are out there now that you think are starting to come online or you think show some interest that might take hold with the American public? Yeah, I think the one appliance that we all need is appliance that we don't need. And that is, um, if, if more things are recyclable, uh, renewable, and sustainable, and we won't need to dispose and destroy and freeze and refrigerate, right? We'll have more access to more products uh, and food sources that have a, that are sustainable in nature, and thus lead nest appliances to to to, uh, to to sustain that. I think. Yeah, that's a very good point. I, I do think that a lot of the techno technology improvements that we've seen, especially what we are able to do with and through the internet, is going to affect those appliances at homes. You've already seen it with the Alexas and the Google Nests in terms of everything from from uh, turning on appliances by word of mouth to controlling the environment of your home when you're not there and making sure that everything is working properly, cameras and things like that. Those devices, I think, that are all linked in to the internet and therefore to our devices, to us, to our phones. I think that's going to be the future more than uh, individual products like a Roomba, which is really cool, which will get better and better. But uh, I, th I think you'll either love that or hate that. But I do think the technological advances are going to change the modern home uh, uh, continuously. And I can't wait. I think that's going to not only change the way we live, but also change the way homes look, which I think would be fantastic. I think uh, we all need a, a different kitchen. <laughs> we all need um, a new way of living and learning and cleaning and just being. And so, uh, or bidetting, <laughs> whatever you call it. Uh, but I think all of that stuff, I think I, it is the promise of it 
at the very least, uh, gets me excited. I'm looking forward to, the, to, to what that new world will look like. Well, hopefully people have uh, had a, an enjoyable experience reliving memories from some of the devices we talked about, and uh, we look forward to seeing what devices are coming down the pike. You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.